0: This episode of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast is brought to you by Dulaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada and are looking for the best price and coverage on your Tesla, give Dulaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit our website at Doulibandinsurance.com slash Tesla. Welcome to another episode of the Model 3 Owners Club Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Page. I'm also joined by my hosts, Ian Pavelko and Eric Camacho. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Excellent. Um, I want to apologize. I'm feeling a little under the weather. Of course, we were supposed to do the podcast last night. Of course, I had to postpone until today. Apologize if I hack a little bit. This cold has uh, gone down into my chest, so that's never fun. I don't get colds very often, so hopefully uh, this won't happen.
1: But when he Uh, does, it's a man cold.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, we all? I, th- I think we want to start. We got a lot to cover. Um, I think we're going to start with the public service announcement about cars and coffee at Evanex. So uh, we put out a little video and uh, notice there. So you want to put down on your calendar February 3rd. That's Sunday, February 3rd, Super Bowl Sunday, but we're going to do it in the morning. It'll be from 9am to 12 noon at X in uh, South Florida. So uh, I'll put a link down in the video or the podcast description. You can check it out. There is an RSVP though, so you have to sign up for this. They're trying to get a headcount um, so they can plan accordingly. So if you want to attend and you want to come and meet uh, all of us, as well as Michael Bodner from the Teslatunity channel and uh, Rafael Santoni from Tino, that's your opportunity to come out and see everyone. So I hope you, uh, you guys will come out and come and say hi to all of us. We're going to have a heck of a lot of fun, take a little vacation time at the same time. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it because, uh, you know, the weather has not been very, very favorable to us up here in the great white north. Um, what is it? Minus 15 at home right now, Ian? It's pretty cold.
1: Yeah, it was about minus 19 on the way to work. It's hovering around Ooh. the minus 14, minus 15. With the wind chill, it's in the minus 20s for sure.
0: Yeah, minus wind chill makes us feel even worse. So
1: Big time. <laughs> I can't
2: wait. I cannot wait to get the hell out of here.
0: Yeah. I'm well,
2: not, not to rub things in, but it's currently 77 degrees Fahrenheit uh, where I'm at here in Delray Beach. So... Oh.
0: It's lovely. Keep that temperature going for us. Keep it nice and toasty for us when we get down here. Less than well, a month. We'll do what we can. Less than a month. The,
1: the best was Mr. Bodner this morning, Tesla Tunity, tweeting out, oh, I'm so glad to have the seat heaters. It's down into the low 60s here in Florida now. <laughs> it's like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my.
0: Well, the, right. fact, the
2: fact that the fact that he needed the heat seaters, uh, or the seat heaters. See, this is going to be a problem. Uh, and the fact for that you. he needs the seat heaters uh, is sort of embarrassing because even I'm like, come on, Michael. Come on. It's not <laughs> that uh, cool.
1: i d I've been to Florida many, many times in the middle of winter and it amaze, never ceases to amaze me these people walking around at sixty one degrees Fahrenheit with a parka on. I'm thinking, okay, that has to be local. <laughs> oh,
2: and your <laughs> monster I'm in the everything. rental
1: convertible. It's like in the fifties at night and I'm the I'm the idiot, you know, with my t shirt and shorts with the top down on my <laughs> rental convertible, you know. Well, I don't forget our man, blood is fifty percent
0: antifreeze, so there's that. <laughs> or maple syrup, whatever suits. Maple syrup
2: for sure, definitely. Yeah. It's a blend.
0: All right, let's jump into this, guys. We got lots, of, lots to cover. Of course, the uh, big headline this week is uh, Tesla did their groundbreaking ceremony in China. Here's Elon. Da-da-da. Yes, groundbreaking ceremony in Shanghai, China, for Gigafactory Three. This is the one that will be producing uh, cells eventually, but uh, but cars first. Uh, they said that they are aiming to uh, finish initial construction of uh, Gigafactory uh, this summer. And start Model 3 production at the end of the year and reaching high volume production next year. Now, you have to parse this a little bit because, you know, China builds things very quickly. We all know this. But um, I don't think that they're going to have a fully functioning Death Star uh, by this summer. So I do believe what's what going to end up happening here is they're going to do some of these sprung structures like they did at uh, General Assembly 4. They'll bring a bunch of those, bring in parts from Fremont, and do final assembly of the cars in China while they still... Um, build out the factory by then. So they did say um, also that the Shanghai Gigafactory, and just just to reiterate here, because I've been seeing some things online, people are confused about this, um, they will produce affordable versions of the 3 and the Model Y for Greater China. All Model S and Model X and higher cost versions of Model 3 and Y will be built in the US for the worldwide market. Including China, so basically that factory over there is only building threes and Ys for the Chinese factory or for the Chinese market, Asian market, and everything else is still going to come out out of Fremont. So um, going to be interesting too because they also mentioned Model Three and Model Y being built in um, in the U.S. So where are they going to build these cars? <laughs> Gigafactory one, right? Like <laughs> right? they're still they're still coy about that whole thing, and of course they do right. have their facility in Lathrop. Is that how we pronounce it in California? Lathrobe? Lathrobe? Lathrop, I don't know. Um, Yeah, that's a great big facility. It's almost 800,000 square feet. Um, It looks like it's mostly parts storage. So I do believe that that may end up being a buffer for storage of parts uh, being sent off to Gigafactory 3 until they get their uh, things sorted out. So uh, that could be part of the plan. uh, We'll know more, of course, when Tesla's ready to talk because until then they don't really talk too much. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on this? It's going to be exciting.
2: No, I think it's really exciting. It's sort of, you know, we know that they're ahead of the time frame that they set to get Gigafactor 3 online, which is really great. Uh, So the sooner the factory's online, the sooner they can start production. And that's going to really help the Chinese market, uh, especially as we're trying to advance EV sales uh, overseas. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with the general idea that we're going to stick with what we sort of know, what's going to happen on the state side. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you're going to see the Y produced at the Gigafactory, presumably the semi. The Roadster is a wild card. I mean, that's pretty low volume. They might be able to slot that somewhere else. But, uh, but as for the Lathrop facility, Trev, I don't, you know, on the scale of what they need to do, I don't. Maybe it would build some sub-assembly parts or something like that, but that's about the well,
0: most I could see. Well, I've seen some reports online that it is pretty high, so there's a lot of volume inside. Uh, it's almost like three stories tall. So, But again, it could be just parts storage, uh, warehousing. So, Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the Chinese Gigafactory for you. <laughs> um, the next little bit of information, and my throat's a little dry here, so I'm going to take a little water. Um, big changes coming to the Model S and X um, as of Monday. Coming This coming Monday, the 75-kilowatt-hour battery pack is going bye-bye. Um, Elon confirmed at Tesla, um, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to kind of um, speculate a little bit on this. I think it's an indication of resources being opened up at Tesla so they can introduce a new battery pack, most likely based on the 2170 cell. So mm-hmm. they will have a larger battery pack. Um, again, this is speculation, this is my opinion here, it's not inside information, but it's high time that they move over to uh, the bigger battery pack. And of course you can't, when you have production <clears throat> to take care of on Model 3 and all these other things, you, you know, you only have so many resources. So it's high time that they uh, that they re-engineer the battery for the SNX to handle the 2170 cell. So what they may end up doing is they, they could probably still retain maybe a little bit higher battery pack, maybe introduce uh, reintroduce a 90 kilowatt hour battery pack based on the 18650 cell which is currently being manufactured and maybe go to say, I don't know, maybe 120 kilowatt hour on the, uh, maybe on a 2170 cell. Um, It kind of falls into plans that they said early 2019, we will see version three of the superchargers. <clears throat> these battery packs are currently maxed out as to what they're capable of in terms of charging model three is able to charge a lot, lot faster because the cells are different the chemistry is different it has bigger mm-hmm. cables coming out of the charge port going into the battery pack so a lot of this stuff is just i mean if you read between the lines with tesla i think this is what's going to be happening it's just kind of finally coming together i'm just curious
1: though is the 2170 is quite a bit taller cell i mean can that physically not that much split? well 70, 65, 5 millimeters. There you go. I guess
0: that's the It's, answer, it's right? 10. Well, it's, it's a 10% increase in exterior dimensions, both height yeah. and width. But the volume is almost 50% bigger. So you can stuff more stuff in there. Yeah, so I'm
1: just wondering how they're going to actually, you know, because those there's not a lot of fat in those uh, in those packs in terms of excess space. Can you actually fit it in the car's
0: existing well, structure? Well, if, actually, if you look at the Model S battery pack and you look at the Model 3 battery pack, see, the Model S battery pack has 14 compartments in there, and they're all separated by little firewalls. They got rid of all of that stuff in the Model 3. So you have four bricks, essentially, four big battery modules with mm-hmm. parallel cooling lines running through it. And they have a selactic, um, it's that teal-colored goo. Um, it's almost like a silicone that actually holds all the cells together. So it's a completely uh, different um, <clears throat> layout of the battery cells inside the, uh, inside the Model 3. Um, what they did on the 100-kilowatt-hour battery pack is they just used the same structure. They stuffed more cells in there by packing them tightly, but they had to actually go to two coolant loops per module on the Model S uh, on the 100-kilowatt-hour battery pack. Um, as it stands right now, they they can't um, they can't change. They can't put any more cells in there. It's just it's just it's just not possible. So they really right you're sort, you
2: sort of max you sort of maxed your design capacity based exactly. on that original design. And I, I sort of if I can switch gears here for a second, I I sort of liken what you're saying here um, to the idea that. And this has been talked about before. I think you've sort of uh, suggested this that they may just go away with the numerical badging on the vehicles and do what they're doing with the model three, which is to sort of define it by the range of the car, not switch the battery number, because even then you know you're looking at well, what is a seventy five kilowatt car? What does that mean to the layperson who's new to electric vehicles? It doesn't really mean a whole amount. Like, okay, great, it's an energy consumption. It's like, what does your twelve volt battery do? Like how much energy is twelve volts? It's sort of hard to understand. Um, when a nine volt battery runs your uh, smoke detector in your house. So you know it's it's sort of that correlation like well, how much energy does that really translate into? So I sort of think that it's it's good that they're doing this. Um, it could also be, and this is sort of my uh, theory that there's also a number of 75 kilowatt battery vehicles just sitting waiting for deliveries. Uh, I, I know that in, the end of last year and the major push for getting cars out there were a lot of 75 kilowatt cars just awaiting for owners to take them so it's also possible they're looking at their inventory and saying you know what we have a surplus of 75 d's uh we are obviously getting more orders for the longer range battery packs so there could be uh, um you know sort of like a a stopgap to we're going to change the battery packs down the road but for now let's just stop producing the vehicle that we just have a surplus of again this is completely a theory but that also could be a part of their uh, their thinking here.
0: Yeah, one thing I did want to mention, <clears throat> and I'm trying to bring up the tweet here from Elon. Uh, let's just see if I can find that here, Elon Musk. Um, someone did ask Elon recently if, the, um, if they were going to be changing uh, the nomenclature on the cars, and he did confirm. Essentially, the person had asked, are you going to be removing the size of the battery packs uh, badging on the cars, the S and X, like you did on the Model 3, and Elon did confirm it. He said, he said yes, which mm-hmm. ties into something that um, a Tesla representative uh, told me at the Model 3 delivery event uh, back in July of 2017. I'd asked them the very same thing, I'd asked them very point blank, what's the deal with the badging on the Model 3? Um, are you going to be putting battery sizes on it? And he said no, We And I'm kind of almost quoting verbatim, says we want to change the narrative because people are confused by sizes of battery packs. They don't know Mm -hmm. what 75 kilowatt hours, they don't know what 100 kilowatt hours. What they do understand is range. Mm -hmm. So that's why in the Model 3 we have long range, we have standard range, and we now have mid-range, which is, of course, uh, probably be a stopgap. So basically Elon has just confirmed what that person told me two years ago. That the badging on the cars is going to be going away. So I would fully expect to see two battery sizes on the S and the X. Maybe not initially, but eventually, where we won't have badging on it. It'll just be a Model S Long Range, Model Three, or Model S uh, Mid Range or Standard Range, or something to that to that effect. Uh, they may not even badge it a Standard Range, just like they will in the Model Three. It'll just be yeah, you know, Model Three and then Long Range.
1: I must say, as a hardcore gearhead, this saddens me tremendously. I mean, I like badging <laughs> on cars. We know what a gotta one point six You got to shake that old is, school, right? Ian. Yeah, yeah, like, you, you knew, like, when you pulled up with the lights and it said 426 Hemi on the car next to you, oh, no, no, don't touch that one. I mean, you know, we figured it out. It didn't take that long, and kids growing up in the world now will understand what a 75 and a 100 is. I mean, you got to start somewhere. I mean, I just feel like we're making this, you know, five-year-old level for people. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, obviously, they know what they're doing. There, There's a lot of marketing people that study this, but I'm kind of like, no. Tell the people what it is. They'll eventually people get used to stuff, you
2: know, like, well, I, I, I sort of, I'll take the counter view. There's a lot of people that even I know that are car enthusiasts that don't are not gearheads in the sense that you define it, that don't really know what some of those figures and, and what the nomenclature is for some of these cars. I mean, to the average person, they're like, OK, well, I just want to drive an efficient vehicle. OK, well, here's a car with a Hemi. I guarantee if you probably pulled 10 people, maybe, maybe six people know what Hemi means in terms of that car. Um, so it's it's sort of it's sort of a give and take. Like, yes, you're gonna have the traditionalists, the ones who were really gearheads, the motorheads, you know, that sort of thing, that really understand if they see the badging of a car, they go, okay, I know exactly what the car has. I can tell you A, B, C about that car. But I think the average American driver specifically probably is not that in depth about their own car, because think about the number of places where you have to be able to take your car in for an oil change or a tire rotation. There's so many basic things that people can't do on their own cars because they just don't know how to do it. Um, so again, that's not, that's not to define anyone uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It's not to stereotype people, but I think the average driver just doesn't know what that stuff really means. So for Tesla to sort of make it more elementary and just define it by range. I think nowadays, especially for electric vehicles, because most people question when it comes to electric cars, what's the range of the car? How far can I go with this? The battery size doesn't dictate that. But if I tell a person, well, this car can do 310 miles. OK, well, that makes more sense. Just like, you know, miles per gallon. It sort of gives an idea of well, how far I can go on a 10 gallon tank.
0: Yeah, here's that tweet that the gentleman had asked. Alistair Gray says, are you moving away from battery sizing in a similar sense of how Model 3s are sold, i.e. long-range performance? Elon uh, retweeted to that. He said his answer was yes. So there's your confirmation. They're moving away from badging on the cars and the battery pack. So if you put two and two together, that's what we're looking at, I think. Um,
2: Badges? We don't need no stinking badges. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Deal with it. Well, well, hey, speaking you, of which, Ian, are right. you are you are you going to put the badging on your car? Or?
1: Not, not the dual motor badge, no.
0: No, you're going to sleep on. No,
1: I'm, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the guy arguing. We have to, I'm <laughs> on the car. Are You going to match your car, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst. I can't believe I'm I'm arguing both sides of this argument. <sighs> but yeah, but this is different. I mean, I I no, but the giveaway is I'm going to put the spoiler on because it's it's I I love the spoiler, but I don't know if I'm going to do the dual motor badge. Mm-hmm maybe i will i mean you know bridge looked at me it's like you 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 what you're not gonna put the badge on are you kidding you paid all this extra money for this and you're gonna... no I, I that's what i love about it it's like nobody knows they pull up to the light they think oh it could just be your standard reroll drive three who knows <laughs> and then it vanishes and i, go, hmm, I bring- okay. you mean the
2: red kit ca- the red caliper brakes don't
1: give it away ah you see but to your uh, point, the yeah, there's about point that. point three percent of the population that knows that. And what makes it even better now is I see so many standard threes painting their calipers red. So now the whole the whole ecosystem Guilty. is messed up. <laughs> Guilty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> almost almost feel like changing the badging on the back of mine, putting P one hundred D ludicrous on the bottom <laughs> of mine. But that'd be totally poserish, right? So, all right. Well, let's move on here. Um, <clears throat> um, would you like I, me to
2: read this for a bit, seeing? Th- get some yeah letter?
0: would you Would you mind, Eric, please?
2: No. <laughs> All right. So uh, in, uh, earlier this week, we got reports uh, from Tesla and Elon regarding uh, the fourth quarter of 2018 for the autopilot safety report. Uh, they've been putting out this report now uh, every quarter for the last, I think, three quarters, uh, just sort of giving some information. They plan on doing it every quarter moving forward to give us the layperson some more information about how autopilot's performing relative to other manufacturers and accident reports. So I'm going to read uh, from the report directly so we sort of understand what's happening here. So in the report, they said, In the fourth quarter, we registered one accident for every 2.91 million miles driven in which drivers had autopilot engaged. For those driving without autopilot, we registered one accident for every 1.58 million miles driven. So that's almost a two-to-one ratio for when autopilot's engaged to when it's not. By comparison, the National Highway Transportation Safety Authority, or NHTSA, Most recent data shows that in the United States, there was an automobile crash every 436,000 miles. So that alone is an impressive statistic showing the safety of the Tesla vehicles, specifically when autopilots engaged. The report goes on to say that should note uh, in the fourth quarter of 2018, uh, it covered some winter months with less daylight hours, which is more challenging for driving, which typically causes more incidents for all kinds of cars, not just Tesla. So that's the report itself. Um, Trevor or Ian, do you guys have any thoughts? Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's there's rousing
1: enthusiasm for this report, but um, buy
0: it, by, by autopilot. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, ultimately, and uh, what what more do you want? I mean, this is kind of like um, at least we're getting some science on this now, and it's coming from outside of. Uh, Know outside of what we've seen previously, uh, it's it's NHTSA data, which is nice because mm-hmm. up until now we've really only had from Tesla. And of course, I, I trust Tesla's numbers to be accurate, but it's nice to see it coming now from an independent agency and confirming what we already know is, I guess, what I would say.
0: Part of this is yeah. important. Sorry, but part of this is really important to Tesla, eventually, uh, for regulatory approval uh, for mm-hmm. full self driving. So that they can go down and just plunk down, you know, a three foot stack worth of paperwork and say, look, it, it proves that it is actually safer so that they don't have to go through a regulatory approval that will may take, you know, five or 10 years, which is typical for any other study that people do out there. So it's nice that they're working together with them to give them the, the information so that, you know, when the time comes for regulatory approval. Um, unfortunately, in the US, it's it's not typically, hmm. well, NHTSA is, is, is a federal organization, but sometimes you have you know, state by state laws and stuff like that. So yeah. I mean, even
2: just to have the, the the vehicles without autopilot on, it's almost a four to one ratio from Tesla vehicles compared to other manufacturers, which is, I mean, that's an impressive number on its own. And then you're looking at it's almost an eight to one ratio with autopilot engaged. So that that's a, a mind blowing figure. Uh, when you first hear it. And I think as we continue to see improvements in autopilot, as long as we continue to see improvements in uh, safety regulations, uh, we see improvements in how other vehicles are designed. As we see more electric vehicles in the road, uh, then we might see that uh, disparity sort of uh, get closer and closer. Uh, But ideally, uh, to your point, it's going to only help uh, the argument that electric vehicles, specifically those that have this kind of technology, are going to become safer than any human driver on the road today.
1: Well, what I'd love to see is if we could get comparative data from all of the driver-assisted systems. You know, like the GM Super Cruise. Mm-hmm. But
0: um, the problem is, is that co-pilot. the problem is that there's not enough vehicles sold in the U.S. with that technology on there. Like most cars, basically have, might even have, like uh, uh, traffic-aware cruise control, and that's it. Nobody has lane steering. I mean, you've only got a couple of out there. So, and they're not selling in the kind of numbers because if you look what GM sells on their Cadillac stuff, it's only one car that has Super Cruise, I think. You know, yeah, whereas Tesla, it's, it's, it's all very the cars. Limited. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, for so sure.
0: I think for the other guys, it's going to take a long time before we actually see any data from the other manufacturers because there's just, it's just, there's no market penetration yet. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click Contact Us for a free quote from an certified installer in your area. Finelab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. <laughs> All right, I'm feeling better. Let's, do, uh, let's move on here. Um, <clears throat> this is big news, and we kind of saw the writing on the wall. Model 3 is now officially... The best-selling luxury car of 2018 in the U.S. Uh, Woo! This co- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this this comes uh, courtesy of Tesla. They say by selling a total of 145,846 units over the course of the past year, the Model 3 has established itself as the United States' best-selling luxury vehicle, far outpacing its closest competitor. After the Tesla Model 3, the second in last year's luxury vehicle rankings is the Lexus RX, which sold 111641 Pretty good margin there. Units in 2018, followed by the Toyota-made Lexus RX, um, are more luxury SUVs from legacy car makers from Germany, such as the Mercedes Benz GLC, which sold sixty-two thousand four hundred and thirty-five units, and the Audi Q five, which sold sixty-one thousand eight hundred and thirty-five over the year, as noted in report from CNBC. So the bottom line, Model Three is a bona fide absolute runaway hit.
1: Now, let oh, yeah. that let that sink in. You see that the number two and number three positions, of course, are crossover SUVs, right?
0: Uh-huh. Now we yeah, I know where you're going with this.
1: What do you think is going to happen when we get the why?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, why
1: don't you man. tell us?
0: Why don't you tell us?
1: <laughs> it's called tsunami.
0: Yeah, the thing you have to remember is that in the U.S., um, this is imp- these are very impressive numbers for the U.S., given that the market in the U.S. is very sedan adverse. They like mm-hmm. SUVs, small SUVs, that type of right. thing. Um, even here in Canada, I've noticed that uh, we love our little SUVs. They're basically everywhere. Every car manufacturer's got some kind of crossover. I, 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 you know, I, I, take, I take exception to the word SUV because it's too general of a term. The, the, the hot popular car market right now is crossovers. Everybody yeah, wants a small car that's jacked up, right? Yep. Um, yep. So if the Model Y really comes in at the Q5 level, an Audi Q5, which I think is basically its target market, uh, not so much maybe Q3 because they're going to have to spread you know stretch it a little bit. Uh, rumor has it going around that Tesla may have changed their plans, but uh, may even have three row, uh, three rows worth of seats in it. So, um, yeah, I'm I also think
2: the- curious to find out how these numbers are going to look in four to six months when the standard range model comes into production.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll be point. well. Th- that'll be better towards the end of this year. I think there's still a lot of pent up demand, of course, because the standard range Model Three is still not available yet. Um, you know, if you're new to the program, you're new to Tesla, you need to understand this is how Tesla works. I always make the more expensive cars. everything else that's cheaper comes later it's all about recuperating and making profits as fast as possible so this is just kind of their modus this is how they operate so if you keep asking about where the $35,000 car is stop asking because you'll never see it (laughs) stop asking it's coming anyways we love you we appreciate you guys asking us on twitter it's the same thing every week yes exactly it's coming yeah it's it's definitely coming it's definitely coming. Um, yeah. So Model Y, I think, um, you know, if they do it right and it has the right flavors and they don't go too crazy and they can basically replicate the Model 3 assembly line without changing too much stuff, um, there's no reason why I don't think that they could probably ramp up fairly quickly. You know, we've talked about this many times um, in 2020, sometime next year, probably towards the end of next year. Um, that, yeah, we, we could uh, definitely see some uh, even bigger numbers. I have a feeling. I mean, don't forget, this last quarter that just went through, Tesla actually made more Model Xs than they did Ss. I mean, it's always right. been... I mean, the X has always been a little bit low, lower compared to the S. And uh, Elon had said many times before that he believed that the X would possibly eclipse the Model S. And it hasn't really happened yet, but over the last quarter, they made maybe 100, 200 units more um, than the Model S. So... Again, that's the upper end of the market. Of course, when you get into a cheaper market like a Q5, like an Audi Q5 and stuff, those numbers are going to go up. So, um, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that a Model Y is going to do exceptionally well, especially in the North American And, and
2: Trev, I want to follow up with that. I also think in due part, the reason why the X has sort of outperformed the S in recent months, I think it's since the advent of the Model 3. Uh, once it was in mass production, I think once a lot of orders began getting filled, uh, at, that's where I think you, you started seeing the number of S vehicles manufactured and sold sort of take a little bit of a dip because of the uh, introduction to the Model 3. Yeah. I, I just, again, my speculation, but I think that's what a lot of people are waiting for, is waiting for the Model 3. hmm
0: all right, let's uh, move on here. We've got one more piece here to talk about before we get into some other stuff. Um, this article comes courtesy of Tesla Roddy. Tesla is designing an electric pump system that makes its drive units even better. So basically in the article, I'm going to bring it up here for you guys so you can see it. Come on, copy, paste. I should have been more prepared for this. This is great radio. There you go, there you go. So you know, the gist of the article is is that uh, they're designing this new pump so that the fluid temperature inside the electric pump system could be used to control and optimize the lubrication system of the vehicle, thereby, uh, thereby improving the efficiency of an electric drive unit. Depending on the temperature of the oil in the system, the electric pump could react accordingly, even warning the vehicle's computers that something's wrong. The readings from the electric pump system can be used to monitor the health of the vehicle's drive unit as well. Tesla explains this process in the following discussion. I won't get into all of the details and stuff. I will definitely link it in the article and you can go read it for yourself. Um, again, it just goes back to saying that um, you know they're making some definite improvements on the car as they go. Um, we know that the Model 3 unusually features a um, an oil filter on the at least the back drive unit. I haven't seen the front drive unit yet, uh, which is unusual because the S and X don't have that. So, Part of that, of course, don't forget, is that the design of the drive units on the Model 3 is going into the semi-truck. And of course, it's more for the other vehicles as well. So it was really designed for longevity. They really took a lot what they learned. Because if you look at a Model S from early days, 2012, 2013, a lot of those cars had failed drive units. And um, they learned a lot from that. And, of course, they didn't repeat those mistakes in the, in the Model 3. So a lot of this stuff is really, uh, they're really thinking about million miles. I mean, they did have a tweet they put out some a few months ago, whatever, where they showed they put a million miles in simulation, of course, um, on the Model 3 drive unit. So it's, it's certainly holding up. I haven't heard of any failures of drive units on a Model 3 that, that I'm mm-hmm. aware of anyways.
1: I've, I've heard of precisely one. That oh, was really? It. It was super early production car, yeah. Hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, it was um, back in spring i want to say that's the only one that i've heard of was directly from the owner
0: well most of the problems we're experiencing right now is charge port failures (laughs) in the cold
1: ah but there's a solution coming is there not
0: yeah well we can talk about that real quick or do you want to get into your book review (sighs)
1: sadly gentlemen i am not prepared for this i left all of my notes (laughs) at the office that's okay i was just tweaking that up so yeah that's it I, i i quit
0: i'm done i'm moving bye (laughs) I'm good. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll leave I, it for I, next. I time. promise.
1: Yes, we'll we'll do it in full, and
2: we'll do it all in its glory next week. I promise you.
0: Sure. Fair enough. Okay. Well, if you
2: guys come to the Cars and Coffee event, you might even get like a live reading of the book. While you're there. <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> that would be a cool thing to do. I, I think I just killed Trevor. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I told you, don't
0: don't make me laugh. <clears throat> sorry, I gotta yeah. get it under control. We here. have to do it in
1: our best. NPR voices too.
0: Yes, of course. Um, sweaty Sh- balls. <laughs> Well, uh, do we want to get into some Q&A then? Let's let's talk about um, the Model 3 charge yeah, port thing. Let's do that. Um, hopefully <clears throat> my voice will survive this. Um we did have a question and if I can bring it up here in my Twitter feed because we had some And people- while
2: uh, Trevor's doing that, many thanks to all of you who have been responding to our request for questions on Twitter. Uh, we try to answer as many of you as we can directly, especially if they're questions we've already fielded on the show before. Um, one thing we do want to recommend, uh, a lot of questions we get common are about charging, batteries, uh, obviously now sort of some winter questions, um, you know, production ramp ups, things like that. Some of these things are stuff we've covered in the show before. If you can't find it in our previous shows, that's totally fine. We appreciate you guys looking for it and listening to our shows, looking at our YouTube channel, whatever it might be. Um, also, check out the M3OC forum. You might find a lot of topics are sort of reviewed on there. Uh, there's a great search feature at the top of the forum. So by all means... Feel free to put in your search terms. Uh, there's some great moderators who can sort of also gear you in the right direction. Uh, Trevor, Michael, and many others can do that for you. Um, so the resources are there, but by all means, uh, if, if you're having a hard time finding the answer to your question, let us know. We'll do what we can uh, to answer the question either on the show or directly to you uh, on social media. Our,
0: our search, <clears throat> excuse me, our search function on the forum works extremely well. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first question comes from Janny G. says, uh, can you shed some light on the charge port replacement that's in the works? I had mine replaced with an updated version that came out since my June delivery, but my mobile tech said uh, there was another one in the works. The reduced charge in the cold is bothersome. So I'll answer this as best I can. Um, I went to a Tesla owners club meeting a couple of nights ago, and they had some mobile service techs, a couple of people that were responsible for service here in Canada. And they addressed this question because it is a bit of an issue that's going on. They are currently working on a redesigned charge uh, port mechanism. Specifically, it looks like it's in the locking pole, which is the little pin that goes up and holds the charge port in there. They have a new design. It's uh, uh, it's currently being validated and tested. And they did tell us that Canada is going to get priority um, to get that as soon as possible. Because um, I think the engineering team in Montreal is working very closely with Tesla to get that um that corrected so um i hope that answers your question it's definitely coming it'll be a free upgrade for anybody who requests it uh chances are tesla may even look at their service uh um, issues and reach out to you to get that replaced so hope that helps let's see here what else we got do you have some of these questions in front of you eric can you help out uh yeah let me go ahead and
2: uh pull up some stuff here just bear me one second here, my turn to
1: entertain you. I uh, yeah. I, I lived dangerously this uh, this past week. I I took Magneto down to two percent state of charge.
0: <laughs> I've never Talk done that it. low. I've done to yeah. down the down three.
1: Yeah, I, I was gunning for one, but I thought I'm not going to push my luck because it was dark out and uh, <laughs> <laughs> rather cold. But um, yeah, we um, my buddy Dave and I are in the process of setting up a rally um, next weekend. Actually, sorry, a week and a half from now. It's on the 17th, and uh, we we're laying out route for it, and this is really about the worst thing you can do to the car in the cold is to drive it flat out in track mode up through super mountainous terrain where you're constantly changing elevation. It just sucks energy like there's no tomorrow. So it, it literally drops the car's range in half. It goes from about 300 miles down to about 150. Now I, geared the rally route to be just about exactly that with a little bit of a a fudge factor in it. But still, to show you how good the energy graphing in this car was, I was just constantly pinging it and looking at the average and looking at the average. And it said, yeah, when you get back, you'll be somewhere around... uh, two-ish percent and uh, maybe maybe closer to one and we were bang on two when we got awesome. back to the charger yeah it was it was rather incredible i will tell you though it's astonishing how slow the car is at two percent soc oh yes yeah i think the, the volt would have left it for dead at a stoplight it was just like wow there's really nothing left when you get that low mm-hmm. yeah but um it, it's nice to be able to do that. A lot of people are like, weren't you freaking out? Like, you must be having serious range anxiety. And, you know, I tweeted it was really quite the opposite. The energy graphing in the car is so good. When you plot it against how many miles you're traveling, it's bang on. Now, it's, I wasn't using, like, the uh, the nav or anything. This was not, like, a predictive range thing. This was strictly the energy graph that you have now available since the last updates. Uh, and you, you look at what it's using in real time, and you just keep refreshing it, and it. It's, I've, it's bang
0: on. I've noticed on mine that since the switch over to version nine, that the algorithm seems to be more accurate than it was previous. Like when I had mine last winter, I was like, oh, I always, I always got to leave myself a 5% buffer because this damn thing is just, is going to leave me. Well, not stranded, but it always shows like, you know, I could always count. It would be anywhere from three to 5% off, but it's much, much more accurate now.
1: Yeah. It's really amazing.
0: All right, Eric, how are you doing there, buddy? Doing well. So uh, actually looking at the thread
2: here on Twitter, uh, most of the questions were sort of asked and answered by uh, us previously before going on to this podcast. Uh, We had questions, for example, ranging from, is it possible to have passenger profiles and easy access? Um, Now, you did produce a great video. If you guys don't know, uh, there's some great Model 3 tutorials that Trevor created uh, back in September of last year that are all available online. They're about a minute or less for most of them. Yeah, I kept them under two minutes. yeah, you can. You certainly look at some stuff there. Um, the answer to your question, is simply, this is asked by Wayne, who goes by at Icebreaker on Twitter. Um, the simple thing is for passenger profiles, no. You can have multiple driver profiles. And easy access, of course, is for the driver because the steering wheel tends to be an obstruction for some. Uh, so that's only for the driver. But as far as how to go about setting those, you can see that in the video. Uh, there was a question here about, will the Model Y? This is asked by... Um, His just name is R. Uh, Will the Model Y be a $1,000 deposit and wait for a few years situation or similar to the Model 3 in terms of a few months waiting for a long range model? Now I answered it indicating that we do know that production is slated to begin in earnest sometime in 2020. uh, But beyond that, there's not a whole great deal that we know as far as when they might start taking reservations, if they even are going to have reservations. Uh, We know there's orders for the semi coming in, but there's nothing yet for Model Y. I'm not sure if you guys think anything different right now.
0: Oh, test, typical Tesla. Yeah, you'll have to put a deposit down. You have to put your name on a reservation list. So yeah, expect it to be a thousand bucks, much like the Model Three. There you 3. go. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's no different uh, right now. You want to order a Roadster? It's minimum fifty grand to get a Roadster. So it's no well, different. that's it. Oh, let me let me just
2: check my uh, silver. Sure, I'll, I'll write you a check changed. right
0: now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there
2: you go. Um, Matt White asked, uh, "Here's how I would improve the Model Three window wipers. Uh, when you push the left stock button for the window wipers, the menu comes up on the screen. Then you can use the left scroll wheel to toggle through the options." He wants to know what our thoughts are on that.
1: It's not a bad idea using the scroll wheel to uh, because you. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like it. I'll tell you what I would like. I would like the auto wipers to work properly. I ah, very few yeah. things about this car. Man, for the love of God, can you know what it needs? They just give us a sensitivity adjustment. Like on my A4, I think it was, when it was in auto mode, you could tell it how sensitive or unsensitive you wanted it to be. Because it had an actual rain sensor and it would sort of dial it back or dial it up depending on what you want. That's all they need keep using the camera. I know where you're going guys, you know, like you want to keep the hardware multitasking, that's all good, but just allow us to tell it, you know, because mine is so incredibly lazy. I mean, unless there's literally like a a typhoon in front of the car, it's like, oh, do I have to wipe now? Okay.
0: It is very important that everybody uh, realize, and you may not know this, unless you've been following the show for a long time or watch some of the videos I've done, the rain sensing on the Teslas now, with since the advent of uh, Autopilot 2 equipped cars, is not a dedicated rain sensor like every other car that has auto rain sensing on the market. They are using the neural network, which is a vision-based system, to detect raindrops and moisture on the windshield. They have to train the computer systems to recognize what's a raindrop, what's a little spittle, you know, all these things. So they need some more training. That's what they have to do. So um I do believe they will making they will be making improvements as they do software updates and stuff but yes I understand that for the time being there are some issues. So um yeah, you know, use use the button on the left. <laughs> Hello,
2: hi and thank you for calling the M3OC podcast. <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> <well, laughs> This Sorry, is guys. Happens, we are used to doing our show We usually tape the show uh, on Thursday nights At around 8 o'clock eastern time So this is unusual in the middle of the afternoon So we do apologize for the interruption Ian's very popular when it comes to Real questions <laughs> he gets Flounded all the time no matter where he goes uh, So I'll get this one last Question out of the way just because it's been asked And answered a number of times but David Costa Who's uh, overseas in Europe one of our European customers thanks for listening to the show David uh, The one many Europeans are asking Is when will the test the model three mid-range be available in europe i'm just waiting for it to place my order now i told david uh that we've certainly mentioned this on the show a number of times most recently our last show back on january 3rd uh we don't believe there will be a mid-range model coming to europe we think that right now the first production battery the long-range battery is what's being uh produced for orders uh we know uh in recent hours there's been a huge shipment of model threes that are now going overseas to Europe, if they're not already arrived in Europe. Uh, and we think that this, the mid range was sort of a holdover here in North America only uh, specifically in the U S and then once the standard range comes into production and comes online this year, then we'll start seeing those orders, uh, sort of traverse the globe. I, I think we're all on the same page with that. If I,
0: yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the way that Tesla's traditionally done their cars, they have two battery pack sizes. Um, it doesn't make sense to take a Model 3 and have three battery pack sizes when the S and the X only have two. I mean, it's supposed to be a simpler car. So yes, uh, the mid-range is really just a stopgap from the North American market until they can ramp up um, for the standard range car. So yeah, if you're looking for one in Europe, there's a chance they may offer it for a very short amount of time. But otherwise, no, we really do think in four to six months, once they get their um, standard range going, that that's what will be offered in, in Europe
2: there you go so there were some other questions but you know a lot of those were just sort of very simple questions or things we've sort of answered directly to the uh the customers but again all of you guys thanks for listening in uh we always welcome your questions you don't have to wait for us to sort of ask it on youtube or any other social media outlet Uh, if you have any questions for us by all means tweet one of us you can message us you can uh, tweet to the show we'll be happy to answer your questions and keep a log throughout the week and we'll try to do this regularly on the shows uh coming up in the weeks ahead
0: we do we do have an email address if you feel like um sending us a like an audio clip or something like that you want to ask a, a question live on the show or send us a video or whatever you can uh you can email it to us it's podcast at model three no uh <laughs> podcast at podcast at model three owners club <laughs> dot com. um i haven't been checking that too much because we haven't really put it out there for people to be able to reach us out but we you know what um twitter works great we like to read the questions so whatever works yeah. for you there all right, any last thoughts, guys, before we sign off for today?
1: Well, Not I really hope that we get a good turnout for the Cars and Coffee. I'm very excited about that. Uh, so yes. please, anybody, if you're anywhere near the area, sign up for the event. Go to the uh, go to the site, register yourself now, and we'd love to see you down there.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at the registration page right now. There are 69 registrants already. Nice. So, yeah, we're going to get a good turnout this year, that's for sure. Excellent. It's going to be even better than last year. I mean, look at these pictures. 69. I mean, these were pictures that were taken by Evanex last year. I mean, and we only had three Model 3s show up because it was really early, really early days. Uh, we had lots of S's and X's and stuff. There's going to be some other stuff uh, showing up, of course. Um, there are going to be some surprises for, uh, for those of you who attend and stuff, so. Anyways, look yeah, forward it's, it's to a, seeing you guys.
2: It's a, it's a great event. Uh, the weather should be fantastic. Usually here in South Florida, early February, the, the climate is just perfect. Uh, usually their days are nice and sunny, very cool and temperate weather. Uh, last year, they're going to do the same thing this year. There'll be some uh, gift bags for those of you guys that register. There'll be uh, some breakfast items. You'll see coffee, donuts. Um there's some finger foods and stuff like that. Um awesome. And Evan X is gonna have some great clearance items there as well. So uh there was some items to order for your Tesla vehicles uh for SX and three. Uh so it's a it's a great event, very family friendly um trevor's family might even make an appearance there so it's it's a really <laughs> great event for everybody um of course uh, as i mentioned before michael from tesla tuni will be there uh Raphael will be there from tesla tino uh the three of us will also be there uh with our significant others so again it's a great event just make sure you register that way they have a head count as far as who's coming and then when you get there you sign in you get your uh, gift pouch and then uh, enjoy the morning it starts at 9 a.m on Sunday, February 3rd, which is Super Bowl Sunday for those of you that follow sports. So we'll be done around noonish, so that way you can enjoy whatever festivities you have the rest of your day. But again, it's from 9 a.m. to noon on Sunday, February 3rd. Please register. The link will be in the description for this YouTube video, uh, so you can find it there if you're listening to it on the podcast.
0: Excellent. That's exactly what's going to happen. I'm really looking forward to that. Well, let's sign off on the show, guys. Uh, Eric, where can people find you on the internet if they want to have a little chit-chat with you and reach out?
2: Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, pretty much the easiest way to get a hold of me. And my handle is ECFIX. That is E-C-F-I-X.
0: Excellent. And uh, what about you, uh, Mr. Pavelko?
1: Well, on Twitter, I would be uh, at Ian Pavelko um, with the handle MadHungarian. And you can also find me on Model Three Owners Club under the same handle, Matt Hungarian. And finally, if any of you are looking for um, some fine uh, Tesla wear, of course, there's always the uh, Mad Hungarians Evolve wear on Teespring. (laughs) There you go. Mr. Camacho modeling it as ever. Good man that he is. Uh, So yes, if you go to Teespring, T-E-E-Spring.com and just look up Mad Hungarian or Evolve wear, you'll find uh, the WMA, the Weapons of Mass Adoption shirt uh, that Eric is modeling for us uh, this afternoon. Or you can go with the traditional Evolution shirt. Both are available. And... uh, the money goes to a great cause. Um, there's a good chunk of the profits that are all going to Plug in America, to um, Electromobility Canada, and of course, LAVEC, l'Association du Véhicule Électrique de Québec.
0: Excellent. Well, there you go. That's the end of the show, folks. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Twitter. The handle is at Model3Owners. Don't forget, of course, the best place to find out all your Model 3 information is Model3OwnersClub.com. Sign up for the forum. It's totally free. Lastly, I want to say thank you to our three sponsors. That's Fine Lab, and uh, Band Insurance, of course. Those guys are really awesome. Check them out. And uh, thank you to our Patreon sponsors. They're the guys that make this show really happen for us. So thanks for watching and listening, no matter where you happen to be out there. And we'll catch you on the next one. See you, guys. Goodbye. Bonsoir buddy.